thanks so much for talking with me about yes. your work on Chef's Table. Just going back to your beginnings, we were talking before we started recording, but you said originally from the Bay Area and um, yeah. you came down to LA and, and what was kind of your the beginning of your education musically? I uh, came down to be a jazz guitar player and I went to USC for that mm -hmm. and it was an awesome experience, a brutal experience, wood shedding for six hours a day and I realized I don't think I'm ever going to be a great jazz guitar player. Mm -hmm. I think like it was something that I loved but I, f I felt it was always going to be just out of my grasp so I kind of eschewed it all and uh, formed a punk band and we just started playing weird music and just being very experimental and at the same time started doing some animation work and the I guess the seed was planted for mm -hmm. everything that was to grow out of that. Uh, what, were, what were some of your heroes or music that you were gravitating towards then early on? Um, there's so many. Uh, early on, it's interesting, I grew up with like a lot more jazz and classical in my ear mm -hmm. and I discovered rock and roll and I'd say like rock and roll was a huge part of my development as a musician. Beach Boys, the classics, Be you know, Beatles, the Kinks, here comes our other friend. Um, so <laughs> we have, we have, we're surrounded by fluffy white dogs. Um, and, and I think that a lot of that music really kind of opened my mind to the possibility of experimentation in, in the studio and with harmony and with melody. And, and when I came into film scoring, I, I draw on that kind of music a lot. And I think that that's a huge part of taking you know, what's cool and evocative about symphonic instruments, but kind of filtering it through this like emotional rawness of rock and roll. Yeah. Which, I mean, for you, what was what, what instrument do you gravitate towards when you do write? Uh, these days it's piano. Okay. But I would say that is a new development, mostly guitar. Okay. I mean, we're, we're surrounded by yeah, yeah. about 15 various guitar family instruments. So it's, a, it's kind of like a contextual you know, based on maybe what, what the subject of the scene is. And, and But I think piano right now, it's just kind of pulling me, but I'm sure in a month I'll be, who knows, <laughs> using spoons. Yeah, so, so how did you even get introduced to this project? It seems, did you have a previous history? Yes, what yeah, the, the creator of the show, David Gelb, is a friend of mine from school, yep. and uh, he had made Jiro, and, and then when they picked up Chef's Table, I was I got the call to do uh, Francis Mallman, and it was awesome. I mean, I, I didn't really know, I'd seen the, the his previous doc, Jiro, but I had not seen, you know, I had I didn't have a sense of what the show was. It was very uh, kind of new and I, I, it was a hurricane that blew into my, you know, <laughs> into my life and, and I just, I just went with that. What did he even tell you about the series? I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of people were introduced to his work through Hero, but this is very different. I mean, it's similar and different and uh, stylistically, it's not following it's, it's episodical and also you're traveling around the world so yeah I, I I have to say that I I knew very little when I started okay and and the world of chef's table uh, blossomed from there and I and I I was lucky to to work on the episode with Francis Mallman because he he is just um uh I want to use the word iconoclastic, mm -hmm. but maybe that's not the right word. No, I think that works. But, but yeah. he's a he's a larger than life kind of personality, and I think that his love of nature and love of outdoors and um, it made me realize that the show 
is totally about food and and food is the the vector but the the thing that makes it so amazing is is the the life and like the the inner worlds and the aspirations of of these people that kind of i think make it kind of go to a much more relatable place than than perhaps just a like uh, a travelogue or like a regular cooking show that you might see like in a more traditional format i think it's it's very much about humanity mm -hmm. in the end of the day when when you think about the locations and kind of things that are authentic not only musically but just what the surroundings environment that episode in particular is incredibly vast and open and wide and there's sense of space and isolation and all these kind of themes that are you see as a, as a viewer for you how did you want to represent it musically uh, yeah that's a that's a great question I, I i could really relate to patagonia never having been there but okay. having spent a lot of time in the outdoors when i when i heard Francis describe, hmm. you know, the like the falling in love with Patagonia and its storms and its seasons and its you know tempestuousness. I thought to myself of my own experience, you know, in the woods, uh, you know, sleeping under the stars, listening to wolves howl, and in, in Canada, that I've done a lot of canoe trips with my dad, and hmm. I, I think that that part of your own kind of inner landscape, you know, finds. Uh, like common ground with another place like that and to hear somebody speak so passionately about the outdoors it, it just triggered something in me and I could it kind of unlocks my own you know experience and and you know big feelings for the and his message is you know go outside and mm. just uh, that just got me I was like I get that you know <laughs> feel that especially being you know trapped cooped up in a studio most of the time you know it makes you feel especially passionate about about um, the power of nature. Yeah, something that's really interesting, just thinking of um, the characters and how the, the episodes kind of flow, where you go through process, you kind of meet the people, and you see kind of what the challenges are, who they are as an individual, but then you also see them work, and you see them kind of this anticipation to like show, you want to see what, what, what they know, what, what, what they really carry for you. There's a great kind of um, contrast between like the guitar sounds and a lot of the symphonic or more of the orchestration. What's the balance? You know, how, how do you guys determine what what call what, what's what's needed? It's that's tricky. I, yeah. I think a lot of experimentation in, in the beginning. Uh, a great question, by the way. It's <laughs> something that something that is uh, probably takes like. Um, I'm trying to find the right way to express it. it there's like a subtlety in the, the cooking. I, I guess maybe one angle you could think about it is uh, a theme that you see in some of the chefs is they go to France and they kind of learn technique. They learn they learn all the, the tools and the potential of, you know, the refinement of cooking. And then they kind of go back to their country at some point to have a, a coming of, uh, you know, uh, maybe a prodigal return to, mm -hmm. to their place. And, and, and then they... You know, in, in Francis's case, he's looking at, you know, these these um, I think they're called curantos, mm -hmm. so it's like the pit where they smoke the vegetables right, using yeah, these yeah. indigenous techniques, and it's something you see in Olvera too. He's using old historical methods, um, and, there, and there's a huge uh, thing about that that I think kind of relates to music in that they're, they're, you're not just trying to do something that's expected with the food. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna just use this technique and it has to be mixed up it has to be there's some subtle refinement there that's it's new and it's old and using symphonic instruments it's like it's so evocative but then when you put the you know electric guitar you put hand percussion or, or you know we do a lot of uh, 
you know, manipulation of sound in the computer too, mm. just to, to try and get that same kind of flavor using the old orchestral instruments, but bringing the, the you know, modern, you know, digital techniques to the process and you can create a synergy. It's yeah. A, takes a lot of playing around though. <laughs> uh, at, what, at what point do you have to kind of put your foot down and kind of um, commit to a style or a, uh, like, is, is that coming from David? Is that coming? Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. There's definitely like a the creative discussion with the the teams, um, and, and this is a a broad discussion. I mean, at, at Chef's Table, there, we we have creative meetings, and everybody's everybody's involved. It, it really is a very hands-on experience. So editors, you know, d uh, picking temp. I think in some ways, you know, even a conversation about the temp is is like kind of creating a, a context for us to do a score. Um, I wouldn't say like holding hands, but mm -hmm. it's definitely a part of it, and I and I think an important one to kind of be able to experiment freely without having to spend three days trying to write a song to realize, well, oh, maybe that's not the right one for the scene. Sure. You, know, you can you can play around with things, and and you can treat temp as a compositional tool as well. And I think that's maybe not a conventional <laughs> approach, but, but works, I, yeah. I think it's I think it's a valid way, and I wouldn't do it every time, but I, I do think it's it helps in some cases, to be able to try things quickly. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> did you train of there. No, it's great. What did you learn from the first season working on the episode? Now you have a chance to go in, and now you're responsible for, you know, a lot more episodes here. What, what did you want to do differently? Oh, well, that's a great question, too. I, I think um, I think we wanted to, to use uh, more strings. Okay. That was one thing we, we wanted to just get a bigger string ensemble because I'd done the whole Malman uh, score with just a quartet okay. and uh, the uh, we have a thing called the food symphony which is kind of like the, the beauty moment where you see all the dishes and mm -hmm. you've been learning about how each of those dishes was constructed throughout the episode and then you kind of have this sort of quasi food music video at the end yeah, of, yeah. or somewhere towards the end of the episode. And, so the, the plating of everything? Yeah, the plating yeah. Yeah, and you get all this beautiful photography and, and, and like uh, you know, fast-paced edits, or not necessarily fast-paced, yeah, yeah. but it's a very, you know, tightly constructed music video, kind of, mm -hmm. um, featuring food with, with music as, like, the, I don't know, maybe the blood. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that one, we, we had to layer the quartets, because I wanted to get it sounding a lot bigger. A lot bigger yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so we, we kind of created this uh, this sort of leaning tower of string quartet to, to and it worked great, because it really kind of, felt like it was unraveling and unwinding and I think that was a, a cool approach but having bigger strings this time around was I think an improvement for, our, for us on the uh, compositional workflow and also uh, having tons of cool instruments I mean we, we brought some stuff here today um, Tyler could, could speak to them but um, we have you know different melodic percussion and from Africa and from South America and when uh, the director of Mom and Clay and his team was was down in Peru, they they got a little package of um, local instruments, and so we're going to be using those on the upcoming Peru episode. And you know, it's, it's a lot of like this kind of mixture. And, and then of course, like I, I think the computer is such a wonderful tool. You can you can be so expressive with filters and and uh, modulation sources. And do you like going in that direction? Do you like being in the box or being? It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a mixture of everything. Okay. I think I love I love taking things from outside or, or I, I guess you'd say acoustic instruments mm -hmm. and then bringing them in the box and playing with it. Okay. It's, 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 you know, what they do, you could never 
create in the box. And what you could do in the box, you could never just do on a guitar. It's that it's that little balance of, you know, old or new or, mm -hmm. you know, digital, analog, whatever it is. But, but figuring out what works for you about both sides and then using them to, to create music is that's what it's all about on chef's table <laughs> <laughs> other staples to your sound i mean like i see like a juno over here and you have yeah some great, i mean what what do you find you kind of you tend to go back to is there something that is staples kind of like, yeah, yeah i um i don't know i think it, it's all about the it's all about the episode and all about the scene for sure. for atala we had uh we had an opportunity to do more synth work because I think there there was something very dreamy about his message of circles of life and and death and and the the importance of death to con contextualize life and so I think that that for us was like okay let's let's use um, Chirango but let's bow it and let's try and bow a dulcimer and and then and then mix that with sits and then the Juno and the 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 Moog get fired up and see how these things play and then manipulate the the acoustic recordings to to be able to you know match a, a more like synthetic performance so just trying to find a way to make those those um, you're gonna forgive me for yeah, using food yeah, analogies yeah, yeah. but making those various kinds of seasonings you know kind of mm -hmm. come together to create a dish how is the process in terms of you know what you're what, how much are you seeing are you seeing a complete episode is it a picture lock or is it a, a kind of a rolling edit we actually production? yeah very much rolling edit okay. yeah we we're trying to get everything done by picture lock okay. um, and then there's a, a short refinement period where you you know make small tweaks after after we get to the that phase and finesse finesse work but a lot of a lot of um, comp composing is happening as the edit is taking shape yeah. too which is which it provides challenges obviously for the composer but I think it also has like a, a really nice thing where you can you can if you start to tap into something like a motific thing that's going to re repeat throughout the episode it actually gives the editor a chance to base their work off of um, you know your work and that's yeah. that's that's that crucial marriage of sound and image you know if you can have that opportunity it's it's great um, and working after picture lock, I think you know you're kind of locked into, you know, a determined universe. You know, yeah. <laughs> so when there's when there's flexibility there, it's it's that's awesome. Yeah. How do you describe the spotting sessions when you like first impressions? You see an episode. Are there moments where you know the team is telling you we really need music here to support this? So there's gonna be oh, a, a montage. Yeah. How, yeah. how do you go about spotting these? Uh, well, it depends. Um, in different situations. Uh, uh, for Malman, it was on, I think there's probably V1 and a V2 before Picture Lock, and I, I came in on V1, so they had already had a pretty well-constructed episode yeah. for, for that. And, and we knew, you know, here's the Food Symphony is going to land in this area, and, you know, there's this scene, which we may lift out of the edit, we may keep that. So that was kind of more like, okay, we it's easier to envision you know the the flow of a score over this you know we know where we want to you know have the pacing be a lot more mellow and you know there's an environmental section sort of in the middle uh during the family story and, and then you know we want to have some some flashbang in the beginning and some flashbang in the end and and uh i think towards the the later episodes that we're doing working on now where i'm getting involved a lot earlier in the process so the the episode has been, you know, like uh, the story producers have worked through a lot of concepts and their scenes that are well constructed, but maybe the scenes haven't have figured mm. out that that order yet. By the time I'm starting to write music, do you prefer that? Do you prefer early kind of 
I think yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it really helps to to because it gives you a chance to have take maybe more risks than you would because the the whole story isn't quite coalesced yet mm. and so you could try some different stuff and, and it gives you a little bit more flexibility to be experimental in the, in the earlier phase and then as time goes on then you know the, the I think it takes shape and then and then and then you're you're much more cutting away the the clay on your sculpture than than uh, <laughs> you know trying to push it yeah. in some crazy direction I think a lot of artists prefer some little some some type of constraints some type of boundaries to keep them in it seems that for you and Tyler, it feels like you guys are kind of open to do whatever you want to do and kind of and play around and discover, you know, what might, you know, really um, be calling to you. So, how do you describe kind of this collaboration on this project? Like, what what is it about the two of you guys working together and, and the production team that really works? I think, um, uh, well, this is a great opportunity for me to call out the rest of my team as well. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler Sabag is. Uh, uh, writing music, playing percussion on almost everything that you hear on Chef's Table, and I have two other writing uh, partners, Steve Gurness and Sebastian Ornemark, mm -hmm. uh, who aren't here today. But mm -hmm. we we all we we are a very much work in a in a collaborative way, and I think that it's the most beautiful thing for a composer to have like a a great team because we can all bounce ideas off each other and we can try many different things, and 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 it, it allows different voices to enter into the mix as well and create like a synergy you know in the in the uh, I would say like the the working out of ideas mm -hmm. the different different angles and different thoughts and then and then we can kind of like steer it into into a score do you think it would be goes on. I mean just with the amount of material how, how much or how much material are you doing per episode how much music is being created do you think it's a quite a bit I mean, we we're averaging Never less than 30 minutes okay. and sometimes 40, 43 minutes, I think is the highest we got on Akits. Okay. Um, and that, that is almost wall to wall for, yeah. for that episode. That was a lot of music. <laughs> so, uh, you know, how do you guys kind of plot out the episodes or how do you manage just the collaboration and, and the process? That's, that's, that's a great question. I think a lot, <laughs> you know is, yeah, <laughs> a lot of it is, a lot of it is, is, um, is, you know, I, I think you have to have to have a, a plan, yeah. and you have to know what, you know, where the priorities are. Where, you know, it, sometimes uh, the easiest thing to do is write a bunch of suites. Okay. Um, a, a trick I learned from James Newton Howard when mm -hmm. when uh, our class when I went to USC visited his studio, he, mm -hmm. he played us the suites that he was writing for Maleficent at the mm -hmm. time, and it was so amazing. I, I mean, I was like, God, this guy's a wizard, you mm -hmm. know, and and the, how he was able to adapt that material to the scenes um, that that was something that I I've tried to do myself and I, I find that I could probably get you know maybe some of the material all right for those initial mm. just you know free painting writings and then and be able to spill it out into different scenes but it, it, at least it gets your your process going and then and then that combined with you have to have that playtime and then you have to have the structure and that and that the plan is you know knowing your priorities and knowing you know we've we've got to have material that's linking these different things so you've got a, a through line in the story and uh, you know knowing that maybe if we write a food symphony first we can take material from that and have that be something you hear earlier in the episode so you kind of create the, that little thread that connects 
uh, the emotions and the storyline together. How, how much production time do you guys have per episode? What, what is the? It's it is it is pretty short. Okay. It, we have um, we have a couple. I would say about four weeks to write. Okay. And then about three weeks to revise and record and mix and deliver. So it's it's. But the thing is, like, it's different than the normal TV shows that we aren't repeating ourselves mm-hmm. at all. Yep. There's no um, real, like, uh, you know, theme that comes up in every episode. I think we kind of treat each one like it's its own world, which I think makes it a lot harder to, to um, you know, constantly pouring yourself into it. And, and you, you know, I think some shows benefit by you know getting getting that or at least the workflow benefits by getting a theme going and you always play that theme when you see that character but our characters change so we mm-hmm. have to we have to write new themes for every yeah. character but i actually like it that way i think it's i think it's difficult compositionally but i think it's fun uh to always be putting yourself out there and, and saying okay here we go we're, we're gonna figure this this out you know what what is it about this chef that gets you you know how do you guys feel in terms of being authentic to the location the person you know food like it seems like all the instrumentation that you guys are using there's stuff that's maybe authentic to the location or like you're saying in peru and whatnot does that matter yeah it's a, it's a, it does i think if you if you're too on the nose yeah. it feels like a travelogue mm-hmm. and, and um i think this is coming back to that that mixture the you know um how, how you season the dish kind of thing mm-hmm. it, it, it's uh for india for gagan anand mm-hmm. um we we use a harmonium, we use tabla in the score, but, and you hear it, you definitely hear it, but what we, the way that we use it is not probably how a harmonium is played or sure. how a tabla is played at all. Um, I don't know how to play tablas at all. I, I couldn't do that, you know, I mean, I, I could spend 20 years learning how to really do it, but I think for me that actually works uh, because I, I could just be kind of free with it. And, mm. and I think in the spirit of what he's doing with Indian food, he's serving you Indian food, but it doesn't look like Indian food. It's Indian ingredients, it's techniques, it's spices, it's, it's all been, Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. very much like it's he took the tablecloth under the table and yanked it out and everything went flying, you know. And in our small way, we're, we're trying to do the same thing. So recording a harmonium, bringing it into the computer, uh, or and like trying to treat it, for the Food Symphony in that episode, I literally tried to make the harmonium like an EDM baseline. So I, I, I looped uh, a small sample to make it sound more like it could be synthetic or played by a synth. And I just stuck the mic right over the bass uh, uh, reeds, I guess you might call them, and, and just got like a kind of in-your-face, and then it's just this kind of churning sound, and it's, and it's weird and kind of odd, and, it, and it's looped, but it, it just creates this pulse, and, mm-hmm. and it's, a, it's a, you know, very much evocative of India, but it's you'd never hear a harmonium played like that on a street or <laughs> or in a, a you know classical Indian classical music or something. That's great. I think also something that maybe people don't re- realize is the space we're in right now is kind of an attic space. It's a, this is your studio, and it's up and it's a place that I think is kind of representative of maybe how you guys like to work, which is kind of it's not that it's in a, a bubble or a vacuum. It's that it's a very personal, very friendly experience for you guys. What is it about this space that influences how you guys work? Uh, I think it's, a, it's tricky. It's, it's just like, it's warm. Mm-hmm. And I think that a, a friendship is a huge part of the workflow on Chef's Table. And, and I th- value that 
like higher than I can even say. And mm-hmm. I, and I think that this room with its Persian carpets and its warm <laughs> colors and and strange designs, you know, we have uh, we have these hanging tapestries that are Suzani's from Uzbekistan, and they have the, there's lots of stimulus, but mm-hmm. it's it's inviting. It's a it's kind of a funky place, and the elements probably don't belong together, but sure. it somehow works, yeah. it, and it works really well, and and, it, and it's a nice safe place to come and be free and and just try stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. then refine it <laughs> so how much of it do you are you able to complete here and then how much like you're saying you take out to other spaces what what's where do you tend to um go? i'd say you know a lot of uh the inception of the music is happening here and then and then we record in different places around town so we've, we've done some some remote recording in mm-hmm. Prague. uh we've done some recording here in la at east west mm-hmm. and and in our own studios, and the, the team has a couple of smaller spaces, so we do some, you know, s- smaller ensemble. Tyler uh, records all the percussion in his place, and and he's got something akin to the studio we're in right now. It's a very funky, warm place. Then you mm-hmm. hang out in there, and there's open, <laughs> kind of open ceilings, and you know, it's been a garage converted into a studio, and it's it's the necessity is the mother of invention kind mm-hmm. of kind of thing we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. you know. Just, working with what you have and yeah. paying attention to what you have. And I think that allows anything as small as it could be to be huge. Yeah. I, th- I think in the show, obviously there's a crazy attention to detail yes. and, and yes. care for the craft. Yes. For you guys, very, very much so. when, when, I mean, I imagine, you know, even Tyler's background, like recording your own material is a very personal thing. There's a certain sound tone that you have in your Definitely. head. So how do you describe <laughs> the team's backgrounds and what is, what is it about just, the the detail that you guys bring well it's an interesting question we we all come from a different music background tyler and i shared jazz and tyler and the band that i was mentioning in the beginning of the interview that uh we tyler was also in that so we've been making music together forever mm-hmm. and we've we've vetted a lot of and butted heads and you know collaborated and then and everything under the sun and that and that created that creates like a rapport that like where we just we don't have to even almost say things to each other anymore. It's just kind of, you know, somebody starts moving left, somebody starts moving left. Mm-hmm. The other person does too, you know, it's like a... The shorthand, you know, yeah. Yeah, the shorthand. And um, Steve and Sebastian both have, uh, I think, different backgrounds, but but ones that are really appropriate for what we're doing since we, we do a lot. Of, we do all our mixing. We do all our... It's a very, like, you know, one-stop shop with us. I mean, we, we do obviously record, but, I mean, we... We, we also pay, put that kind of methodical detail into the, the production of the music. And Sebastian uh, comes from a classical background, and he actually recorded, did a lot of recording mm. uh, in Sweden. Oh, nice. And Steve uh, also is, is very much, you know, indie aesthetic, you know, um, and has been playing around with a microphone since he was probably 12 years old. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, you start picking up, you know, what works for you and what doesn't after <laughs> well, what's the... messing around for long enough. Yeah, I mean, what... What's the influence in terms of are, are people looking t- to you to, like you said, to divine kind of or define the um, the initial path or how how much? Yeah, how yeah, is it? yeah. I mean, I think I think it's a, a collaborative thing. I think I I am definitely it's like a, a vital part of the process for me to have the spotting sessions with the directors and and to start to conceive and and keep things from drifting too far one way and and a lot of you know. I think like the role of a collaboration, like the one, our collaboration is, is knowing how to use 
everybody's strengths. Sure. And I think a, a big part of what I do is look at look at my team members, and I know what they do well, and I know what I do well, and I and I and I try and you know create a structure for the score based off of you know what I think people would do the best. There's a cue that's going to come, and I know Steve's going to write the write that thing like the best mm. out of all of us and yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like and then we play off of each other and then once that cue gets written then i'm like oh that's cool if i tried this and then sebastian will go oh that's neat and then tyler will go and you know you start to build this this uh pyramid out of it <laughs> that's awesome and i guess because this show is being uh distributed through netflix and people are experiencing it at home and not in you know it's not a, in a traditional t- um theater space or whatnot are your is the music being sc- scored and presented in stereo or is there five one to it uh we're we're stereo yeah for the time being we're yeah. stereo I, i'd love to move to a fine five one setup it probably will happen <laughs> mm-hmm. not too long from now but do you, do you guys think spatially in terms of even in the stereo field of you know how people are experiencing oh, yeah. this when we're thinking people are be watching this on small devices ipads even you know or on headphones and yeah yeah uh that's that's it's that's always a good a great question and like how how are like in in terms of how the music is going to play in in sure, the episode yeah, yeah. and on somebody's laptop or yeah, just the, the mix in, in like general a, just the whole the, the dynamics of of the episodes i feel like music like you're saying there's these great montages that are ah, yeah, music is front and center yeah um but uh, you know I, I feel there's there's a good balance like you're saying yeah, yeah. I think I think also in the actual final dub mix that I think I think the you know our mixer will does spread the music into the surrounds. So I think when I saw Malman play in a theater, I remember thinking, "Oh, cool!" Like it's <laughs> I'm like hearing it sideways, and I'm seeing the mm-hmm. you know I have this visual frontwards perspective. But the uh, in the movie theater, it was just it was so amazing to hear to hear that mix in the in the big room because it does sound different like you're saying yeah. it's totally different if you're if watching it on a laptop with laptop speakers you're you're going to be first of all missing the bass you know and that, that's that's the feels mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because the speakers aren't big enough to actually reproduce the frequencies sure. but um I, I you know i think that 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 classic adage uh, you know the record producer or record mixer sorry i'm looking for the word engineer mm. um you know, it, it, it's only as good as your, you know, you can make the mix sound on like a pair of kind of crappy speakers, like the NS10s, which are, sure, yeah. you know, standard not, sound. Yeah, standard, you know, reference doing, yeah. monitors, flat, you know, and it's like not easy to make a mix sound good on those, but if you can do it, then, and then you can play it in your car, and then you play it at your home stereo, and it's going to sound different in every space, but it's, you know, eventually what you're looking for is that happy medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, and we we definitely do that. We 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 vet our mixes like crazy, uh, and we try. Everybody tries things in their own places, and we and we have lots of conversations about <laughs> about how to get it perfect. Um, but that's part of it. Yeah, I saw that some of the tracks from the from the first season you have on SoundCloud. But is there any hopes of releasing this work yes. going forward now? Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. In in the works. Um, I don't. I don't have any firm and fast. Dates. But there's intent to release. There's yeah. definitely intent to release. Yeah. I, I. I think that the music needs to get out there, and and I would love. I would love for it to be accessible um, to people because I'm getting. I'm getting lovely notes from people all over the world who who uh, 
are interested. So yeah. it's definitely a big plan. That's great to hear. And uh, I guess for people who want to continue following you, where should they go? What's a good place of your website? Uh, yeah, my website, which is my name, duncantomb.com, or my SoundCloud page. If you just Google my name, it, it'll it'll crop up. <laughs> and, and I do actually plan to release another sort of teaser album of the season two music on SoundCloud in the next uh, week or so. So... Um, there should be there should be some more stuff to tide everyone over. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, I guess we're looking at two more seasons. Is that right? Yeah, two more seasons. We're Three, in the middle yeah. of the French uh, mini season, and they, I, I believe they've released all the, the names online now. But there's a this is a group of uh, eclectic uh, offering of French chefs, some mm. very famous traditional. Uh, or I guess maybe the word is storied sure, French yeah. chefs, and then a couple of uh, up and comers. So it, th- that'll be a lot of fun. And then for the fourth season, it it blows up all over the world. There's there's going to be Ivan Orkin, who's famous for mm-hmm. for um, his cooking of ramen. And uh, if I'm getting this wrong, <laughs> nobody's going to be too mad. <laughs> my mind is my mind is mixed up. Mm-hmm. But uh, but we have Peru and Russia and and um, Korean temple food, and it's it's going to be a whole you know another exploration of of the world's cuisine in the fourth season. So you guys are gonna be busy for a while. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have our plates full. Awesome. But but uh, yeah, pun intended, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, Duncan, thank you so much. This yeah, is really exciting, and congratulations again on thank the you so much. Thank you.